before I begin that, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, all of you for not only participating in this teaching and in this community or this Sangha for beyond the participation, also helping us financially to stay afloat, keep, keep doing what we're doing here and we've been doing for quite a number of years. Thank you for the help and asking for more help if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. Just do the best you can. Take care of yourself. Priorities. Priorities. That's a good one. 20 minutes ago, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I don't know. Did you say that? Priorities? or You said that? Uh, that person said that. Who shall remain nameless. You don't need to get credit for too much. It's bad for your health. No, it was Freedom Mountain said that. Chuzan. So, um, of course, the first and natural priority with anybody is going to be take care of yourself. Make sure you're, you're not hungry. Make sure you're safe. Make sure, make sure, make sure. They're all over the place to protect our bodies and protect our, uh, it's just all kinds of ways. There, there, uh, you get into the Dharma, there are ways to protect the mind there also quite a bit fancier in some ways. But let's start out with number one, take care of yourself. At some point, if you receive or observe the vow, which is a part of the Mahayana path, to save all beings, how are you going to do that? First, take care of yourself and take care of those around you. And in this situation, take care of your Sangha, even the ones in your Sangha you don't like. And then as you go along, if you look at the vow informally, I vow to be with all things. Very simply put, one of the three pure precepts. Very simply put, it's not complicated. Don't do harm, and that's going to change as you go along. Do good, that's going to change as you go along. And be with all things, and that's going to change as you go along until you really understand what that vow is. You receive and observe a vow. You don't obey it. You're obeying vows, and it's not Buddhism. It's something else, something else, not Buddhism. And then if you formally receive the, the Bodhisattva vow or Jukai, then you actually look at the 16 precepts, and each one shows up in a different way. Contemplate those, look at how those relate to your life and what it's going to mean for you to put others before yourself. And if you can do that, you might never do it, but the idea is to observe that. The way you practice it is to observe, excuse me, while I straighten up my lack of verisimilitude. Yeah. I know a whole bunch of really big words. <laughs> I'm not going to use them on you today. So the priority with each person, that's going to be different. And to me, I'm pretty biased in this area. Unless you do a lot of sitting meditation, you're not, you're not going to be clear about that. You're going to have conflicting emotions about the nature of who you are and what this is. If you think you know what this is, and you think you know what that is, that's the very nature of confusion, is to rely on relative knowledge, 
That's why it's here it comes. It's a spiritual path, not a mundane path of knowledge and getting somewhere. Not that we want to do away with that. Might need to have a lot of training to do the kind of work you'd like to do or the kind of work in the world that you seem to have abilities in. By all means, do that. Take care of yourself. That priority. The priority might be to uh, leave the path for a while to take care of your mother or someone who's ailing. It shows up. Only you are going to know what to do in that area, fundamentally. It varies. The other way of referring to this or talking about the talking about this is to not set up any standards. When we set up, set up standards, we we kind of protect the ego mind so that we don't have to look into that very deeply. We can. Well, this is what we. This is a standard, so that's what we're gonna we're going to do. We don't obey the precepts. You observe them. And you might notice how you can't do that. That might be the path for you for quite a while. As long as there is somebody, you're not going to be able to do this because as long as there's somebody, then there's then there's some identity that is either getting ahead or succeeding, falling up behind or failing. So that's why the path of meditation as we go along, eventually leads to seeing for ourselves the fundamental nature of identity. Who is this? Who is that? Or what is this? And what is that? Find out. Find out. You you need to do it. This is not a belief system. If somebody asks you, you if if it comes up that you tell somebody you're studying Buddhism, and they say, well, what do Buddhists believe? I can tell you what to say. Not much. Not something you believe in. Sometimes we're not even clear that what we're doing is believing in something. We just think it's true. Difficult path. But for some people, it's necessary, and this is exactly what you need to do with your life. I'm not here to promote anything other than you might want to consider training your mind. Not under me necessarily, but find a way to be clear about your thought patterns. Otherwise, you or me or any of us gets manipulated by primitive beliefs about the nature of reality is a classical way that it's talked about in Buddhism, believing there's a self and believing there's another. There's something else happening and there's someone here. It's identity. We're, we're all, uh, what's the old saying? We're all in this together. I can show you, I can, and I do this sometimes because it's kind of fun, and it's kind of silly. Here it comes. You ready? Here it comes. Won't be much longer. Have patience. Still hasn't come yet. Okay, here it is. 
normal, not an unusual color, just a pink flamingo standing in a bowl of green jello. See it? You see it? You see that? Has, has anybody not see that in their mind stream? Hold your hand up and I'll pick on you. You'll never be able to. That's, that's, that is eternity. That will never disappear because it's uncreated. I didn't create that. We created that. I just came up with a couple of images, but that shows up in your mind stream. Some people more abstractly than others. Some people actually see an image of that. Some people just see the description or feel or think about the description. But 20 years from now, you can return to that. It'll still be there. Can't go anywhere. That, that's the area of consciousness that when you face the wall, that's where you're going into uh, a formless realm that shows up as form. But as Trungpa Rinpoche said in the Sadhana Mahamudra, it is vividly unreal, vividly pink flamingo and a bowl of green jello, pretty big, pretty good sized bowl, or a really tiny flamingo. I don't know which, where you guys were at with it, but. Vividly unreal and emptiness, yet there's still form, still forms. But it's, but it's unreal. This is unreal. This the very solidity of this is suspect. I'm sure you notice when you go to sleep and you begin to dream. And then when you wake up, then you realize that when you were in the dream, you actually believe that was happening. Just like this situation with the flamingo. That's a bird, by the way, for those of you who didn't know. It's an astonishing area that is is it, that we shy away from because it's so it's uh, so tipsy or so unstable or unsteady. So if there's any area in your mind stream that is frightened, then it wants to stay away from things that don't really have a solid reference point, like your imagination. The imagination is the way the imaginary nature is the ego, is the otherness, duality. Advaita. How do we work with that? Priority. Get, I'm going to say it very bluntly for those of you who uh, need more parental attention. Get your butt to the cushion. It's all you have to do. You don't have to understand anything. It's the same way I teach uh, book studies. You, you need to study the Shobogenzo. You need to study the Heart Sutra, but you don't have to understand it. If the understanding is, is necessary, it will come. If it takes a long time to understand it, your only job, if I'm functioning as your teacher, and I may or may not be, your only job is to study the teachings, not to understand them. I mean that. That doesn't mean that some people won't have a feeling they understand. If they have a feeling, if when it comes to the Dharma, when it comes to the spiritual path in general, a feeling of knowledge or a feeling of understanding is a cover-up. It, it is a structure created by the self-centeredness, the ego, the narcissism, uh, in the Yogacara tradition called the seventh consciousness, or the paranoid part of the consciousness. This is a path of awareness. All you have to do is see. You don't have to figure anything out. You start figuring anything out, figuring out immediately goes in circles. You were on a straight path where you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know what was coming. All you knew is that your priority, according to what I'm saying, is to just intend. Just intend to see what this is yourself, no matter what. No matter if I die tomorrow, if the whole, the whole monastery collapses, it makes no difference. 
nothing has to be protected unless it does. And then it's situational again. It would really help if you bring your whatever uh, I'm saying has evoked anything in you by way of a question. Please don't hesitate. We do this together. Just give me your pink, pink flamingos. Cheese, I'm bowing. Go ahead, sir. How do we work with the idea that it, it's not important for something to not fall apart and yet to extend ourselves? Bowing. So I'm not sure what you want to know. I, I think I understand the question, but the idea there is that you extend yourself uh, to see the truth. And then if things fall apart, you just watch them fall apart. Did I get close? She is going, yes. So um, how, do, how do we stay connected with the intention of whatever we're doing instead of getting consumed by the outcome, bowing? Return, return to the vow. Uh, even if you haven't received the vow uh, formally, uh, you can still do it. You may or may not need a preceptor to do that for you. That's up to you. It's none of my business. Well, it becomes my business if you come this way and receive vows from this old person. Return to the, returning to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Bow to the altar, some representation. It's just a bunch of stuff on a table. But there are symbols there that symbolize something just like the pink flamingo in the bowl of green jello. Uh, symbolizes the way that, uh, that I created that or we created that in all of our consciousnesses all at once. This is happening all day long. We're always creating things in other people's minds. Or we're triggering them. Say the wrong thing and somebody will get really mad, but they're, they're not mad because you poured anything into them. They're mad because uh, you triggered something and they were trying to cover up. Not always the case, but sometimes. So in the situation that you're referring to, my response is uh, just intend. And then when things fall apart, just observe them falling apart. Don't repair anything. Because when something comes apart, it's becoming it's coming apart not because of blame or cause and effect in the in the in the tight sense, but in the general sense. It doesn't have anything, there's nothing substantial there to keep that situation going. Further question on that, and that is good if you have it. Jeez, I'm buying it's, it's very rare for me to stay with something until it falls apart. It's, there's an impulse to abandon ship. Um, and I was just wondering, could you say what falling apart is? What is it for something to fall apart and to not be abandoned? Bowing. Happening in your mind all the time. The, we think of something and then that goes away and we think of something else. And we have a conversation with someone and thoughts arise about this or about that. It's very, very complicated. The mind is very complicated until you stop meddling with it. Then it starts to get very, very simple. It, things just appear and they fall away. They don't have anything to do with you personally. More. Don't stop. Keep going. More. Further question. She is unbowing. I'm wondering if there's a way to practice enjoying oneself in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the falling apart, bowing. That's the only way to do it. Right in the middle of it, because if you leave it for who caused it, or if you leave it for I caused it, 
or if you leave it for what it's all about, some kind of intellectual speculation on the nature of what's happening there, don't abandon what arises for something else because what arises is your mind. The very nature of this is mind and the mind doesn't belong to anyone. That's part of the illusion because you're, you're so-called trapped in, in this belief that you are this body just because somebody pinches you. Uh, if I pinch myself, shoes uh, um, on, you don't feel that, do you? No. But you will because you eventually will see if you remain on this path, if you continue on this path, if you return to this path, you'll eventually feel everything. It won't matter who it is. You'll feel everyone's suffering. I'm not kidding you. So if you're not interested, then go another direction. If you're interested, go ahead, please. Cheers, I'm buying. Is there an uplifted side to that? Is there a, is there anything that we can use for inspiration that could be enjoyed? Bowing. Yeah, so I can name several things you could read and enjoy. You could read the you could read the Lotus Sutra. You can read the Heart Sutra. You can read the Diamond Sutra. You can read the Samdhi Nirmachana Sutra. You can read the Lankavatara Sutra. You can read uh, the entire Shobogenzo over and over again. It's being celebrated everywhere. You might have a favorite. You might have to read it a while. So, and, and also studying the Dharma. This is something we do every day. Not something that was particularly encouraged uh, in previous situations I've been in, but this is something I encourage. Study it with Sangha. So you're studying the Dharma with Sangha, and you're listening to a teacher, in this case, this teacher. Lots of teachers out there. If this one doesn't work, go find one. And what I mean, what I what do I mean by work? It's someone that you can actually give the benefit of the doubt to. I don't ask anybody to trust me. Do I ask you to trust me? No. Not even Uno. Do you trust me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, trust me to rubber nose in it. Further, Chazan? Not yet. Thank you, Hojo Sama. Welcome. Further. When you're bowing, so the title of the talk was priorities. Yes. And you said first take care of ourselves. Yes. Um, safety is important. It is. We had two or five gunshots last yeah. night in our neighborhood. Is that oh. safety? How do we remain safe? Oh, so in those what situations? we're endeavoring to do here is connect with the community, with the neighbors, just like Jason uh, might have that story a little bit uh, a little bit off, but went went and and talked to the person whose truck had bullet holes in it, lived a few, was he a few doors away? So we're communication, communication, uh, uh, cooperation, collaboration. We're not going to run away from people that are having trouble or are threatened. Uh, at the same time, if, uh, I think, uh, uh, where's Yokodo here somewhere? There she is. You're sitting in a chair. <laughs> So, and, and someone at that same time knocked on your door, right? And you didn't answer it. So, yeah, I wouldn't recommend going out and answering the door. You don't know what's going on. Just, so, but, but staying in touch with that, listening to that, talking to people about it in the neighborhood, see if other people, what the other people's experience was. The person whose truck was shot was not part of the thing as far as we know at all. 
that if somebody was chasing somebody else and hopefully missed them, was shooting at them. So it's very situational. Less is probably better. But that, you know, that brings up the story. I often say somebody comes to your door and, and you do open the door, not because of gunshots, but you just somebody knocks on the door. You don't know what it is. So, and, and somebody is panicking and you can see they're panicked. Somebody that, especially someone who is, uh, their, their position is not very strong, like someone who is very young or possibly someone who is just not strong in other ways. And you, you just have to look at it on the spot. You either take them in or you say, I can't help you. And if they say, I don't know, somebody's trying to hurt me or who knows, I can't remember how the story would go. It could go lots of different ways. What do you do? You look at it and you say, you either say, I can't help you. That would be up to you. Or you say, come in, who's after you, who's chasing you. And they may, may say any number of things. They may be lying, but it's your world. So the other way I, I was uh, talking about this uh, before, let's say you, you go on with the story. Let's say you have them come in and then they're terrified and you say, you know, then somebody else knocks at the door and what do you do? You, what do you do? You, you might say, go in the other room, go, go around the corner and stay there. And then you'd open the door and then somebody says, have you, you seen my whatever, my daughter, my son, my whatever, I can't seem to find them. They're upset about something and I can't seem to find them. And you say, yeah, she's right here or he's right here. Probably not. You probably would give the benefit of the doubt to that person, but you would do it through. I'm not that some people aren't extremely good at fooling us, but you'd have to function on the spot with your own insight, your own intuition, your own uh, understanding if that you need to protect that person, perhaps. So, go ahead. Is there safety in the Dharma? No, so the, the Dharma is safety. There's a slogan, and uh, we were talking about it recently uh, uh, seeing uh, confusion as the four kayas is the supreme shunyata protection. So, shunyata, seeing that everything is empty of your imputation about it, including there's no self here. Who you actually are is unthreatened. Can't be threatened. You can't threaten. You could threaten your body. It could kill you. That's possible. They could shoot you. But who you fundamentally are, you can realize that. I can't guarantee that. But again, you can realize it yourself. How do you do that? Look at the mind, watch the mind come and go without adding, subtracting, or dividing, do nothing with it. That's very hard to do that without a teacher, without a teaching, and lastly, without a community that supports you. You said a little bit ago that you may need to leave the path to take care of your mother or a certain situation Possible. like that. If if we're an aspiring bodhisattva and have received either lay or a full ordination, can we ever leave the path? The way you're asking it, no. You can't, you can't give the bodhisattva vows back. It's been said you can give refuge vows, uh, refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. You can give it. I, I don't know. Speculation about that. I, I don't know. I'm not, not going to enter that kind of situation. 
I don't think you can give, once you receive them, you can give that back. Go ahead. So just curious, are you intending uh, to mean something else when you say you may need to leave the path to take care of someone? You may. It's a, it's a situation that comes up. You may have to do that. So when you say leave the path, what could you say uh, what that is? Just, just leave what you were doing for working with it another way. You'd still be on the path. But it might look different to other people. Might look different to you. Thank you, Bowen. One more question then. Again, your title was priorities, so you've talked about safety. And you also talk about training the mind. What are the priorities that are important on this path? Uh, Save all beings. Uh, put others before yourself as much as you can. Eventually, it'll just take over and you just you won't make any more choices about anything. You know exactly what to do next, even though that may be very perplexing to those close to you, because you won't be functioning out of any kind of logic or reasonableness. Maybe just the opposite of that. Opposite of that. It's a um, sometimes called uh, crazy wisdom especially in the Tibetan tradition, but also in the Zen tradition. The, the teachings be, can, be, can become outrageous because they don't fall in line with the conventional understanding of right and wrong, should and shouldn't, and so on. A person is operating out of reality. They no longer are a separate individual being. They appear like it. They still, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get, although it's taught that way in the Zen tradition, it's like I overeat and you get a stomachache. <laughs> yes, sir. How can I just observe expectation if what's expected of us requires mind-body action? Don't get too full of yourself as I would start with that. Give everything the benefit of the doubt. You've only been living in the monastery for a short time. Just keep going. Get to the wall. That, that's the area where, even though it feels like not much is happening, you're sitting there and you're watching thoughts come and go, but that's the area where you train your mind to see clearly what is arising in your life, down the street, in the hallway, in the kitchen, in your own mind stream, to see it clearly and slowly wean yourself away from two things, entertainment and uh, knowledge. It's extremely hard. It takes your whole life. It does and, and it's but it's not particularly required. But I highly recommend that you do it. And as long as I'm here, I will help you. Yes, sir. Sir. Is there effort involved in putting others before ourselves? At first, I think for a while, and then it just it just happens because you're no longer making choices. Or you're, you're not making what shows up as choices. I think there's some effort in endeavoring to do that, endeavoring to give. The way I say it is if someone is giving you a hard time, try to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're they're trying to be happy too. They're trying to they're trying to be do things that are meaningful and that make sense and so on. So everyone's caught up in their mind stream their beliefs, their ideals, thoughts about this and that, judgments, the things they've been conditioned to by the culture or by their family or 
or, 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 or by their past life situations. And we don't have to go in and study past lives because past lives are right here. The illusion that the body comes and goes is, is just that. It's an illusion. How do I know? I don't know. This is not coming from relative knowledge. I can't write a book about anything. And so I can't really, can't really um, change, change things out to kind of slowly get more and more understanding. It's done directly. It's done with the mind. It's a direct seeing. And what you see, nothing else. Everything is empty of other. This is a traditional teaching, not one I made up. It's just a pretty good way of saying what I'm looking at. I didn't have to think it up. Um, people down through the centuries have seen this way before I got here or before you got here. But we're not separate from those. We're not separate from the lineage, from the teachers. We're also not the same as that. That's why it's so paradoxical, because we're not separate, but we're not the same. Uh, as it says in the, the poem, the Chinese uh, Sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference, the equality, sameness and difference. Not, they're not separate. It is, it is um, you can see this, you can see this, possible. Further questions, sir? I think you've said that if there weren't students, you'd go home and watch Netflix. Maybe. Or I might go on Prime. That's pretty good sometimes. If or no, I might just sleep a lot. Go ahead. If no one's coming to you for help, do you still put others before your personal preference? Yeah, there, there's times when I'm at home all day. Is that what you mean? That's when I put uh, Uno before me. She may not feel like that. She may, she, her, her, that's why it's a very, the closer you get to the teacher, uh, the hotter it gets, the further you get away from the teacher, the colder it gets. You could ask her directly, what's it like to live with a teacher? Hot. Hot. It's difficult because you've got, you've got reality in the form of, a, of another human being living with you that will not bullshit you. You don't want to live with me. Do you? <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Go ahead. It's also the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, well, that's so like I say, that falls in line with what I'm saying. It's worse than you think, and it's better than you think. It's worse because it's really, really makes me want to swear epithets right here. But it's it's so very, very difficult. Because the very crap that you would like to get rid of, you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to swallow. You're going to you're going to have to go into that samsara. You're going to have to go into your own karma and be genuine. Be, receive the karma that's rising in your mind stream. You have it coming. Not not that you're to blame, but it needs to show up. So it's worse than you think, and it's better than you think because if you practice in this way, uh, you're liberated. You're free. I mean, completely liberated. You're so liberated that nothing can frighten you. Even even fear can still rise in your mind. Everything can arise in your mind stream because there's no longer any mind. This is a teaching that goes way back. Uh, even uh, D.T. Suzuki wrote, I think, the book, The Zen Teaching of No Mind. Isn't that, is that one of his books? 
You're going to go along with that? <laughs> there is, there's no mind. It doesn't mean that there aren't things arising and going, but there's no solid person anymore. It's not a feeling. It's not even an insight. The insights come and go. Feelings come and go. This doesn't come and go. What, what hasn't arisen can't go away. Is there a further question anywhere out in Zoom land? Juzan. Is putting others before yourself uncomfortable? Yes. What else do you want to know? What's the distinction between that taking care of yourself that's necessary and superfluous? You get to the cushion, you get to the wall, you return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching in the community. That's just a structure. It isn't the only one. There's probably all kinds of other ways to do this. I don't know. It's the only one I know about. Though I looked around a lot. So you're, you're just on receive. Whatever shows up, you receive it. You receive your own karma. You're not, you're not concerned how you look to yourself or to anyone else. You're no longer living up to any standard at all. Even, even the, the, the vow to be with all things, you're not checking in to see if you're being with all things. That's what the ego does. You think you're a pretty good bodhisattva? Well, that's progress. No, you may not have any way of telling. You may, you may not condemn yourself or compliment yourself. You may just be confused about that area. And that confusion is very important. Confusion is not separate from wisdom. Sometimes the traditional way is to say that wisdom over here and, and confusion over here arise together. They aren't two separate things. They actually arise together. Kozan Bauer. Michelle has a question. She yes. asks, how do I grow spiritually? How do you grow? Yes. Get to the cushion and, and watch the difficulty, the neurosis or the, the, the passion, aggression, ignorance, the pulling passion, the aggression, chopping things up, pushing things away, and the ignorance or shutting down, distracting yourself away from things. And the way you grow is to look at those without any comment. To experience reality in your own mind in its distorted form of grasping, in its distorted form of fighting, in its distorted form of shutting down, ignoring, turning away. This is the beginning of not only wisdom, but of compassion. The compassion has to start here. It can't, being compassionate to others is a little bit of it. But it's, it's, if you're, if you're still at war here, then that's going to that's going to be projected out onto others. Not not you're not just doing it, but you'll get triggered uh, by others' activity, and then the negativity that's in your mind stream you have refused to look at comes out, and then you're able to blame the other person for how you feel. This is going on all the time. Mahesh, go ahead, Mahesh. Go ahead. Um, so I'm trying to understand this instruction of uh, observing or watching. 
uh, why is that even needed? Uh, there's a couple of questions like why is that even needed and uh, why not it, can it be like simply sit and uh, don't add, subtract, ignore, right? That's one question. And second thing is like when you say observe, do you mean like observe intently like uh, like Vipassana style, like every sensation that is arising or is it just like normal? Just not Vipassana. Thank you, Mahesh. Some uh, Vipassana might work for some people and if they're doing it, please have a teacher to help you with a Vipassana. But uh, I'm not I'm not here to decide which way is right. But if you're listening to me, then something's going on here, some kind of connection we have. And I'm saying just observe. No, no tracking things down, no tracing it through the body, no getting any kind of credential out of your awareness practice might be more the opposite, just feeling everything falling away and feeling kind of helpless and kind of useless as you sit very still. And you sit very symmetrical and you receive what arises in the mind without accepting it, without rejecting it, and without shutting down. This is the practice. And the practice can be years of watching how you keep shutting down, years of watching how you keep turning away. And I'll say another one, years of how you keep fighting with everything. You're at war. So Vipassana is a different way of working with the mind. I've done a little bit of it to know what it's about. And also creation completion practices in the tantric tradition can be valuable. I'm not here to get rid of anybody's practice. So I'm just saying, if you're listening to me, keep it very simple. Sit down, hold still. All the senses are open and the attitude is whatever shows up, uh, just receive it. No matter how, how it feels, uh, just receive. And so the, the reason it's so important, the other part of your question, uh, to just receive, just observe, is to slowly, by doing that, you eventually begin to see the way in which you grasp. The way, it's not like some people will say, well, just let go. You'll never hear me say that. I say, instead of saying just let go, I say, look at the way you hold on. And, and if you see the way you hold on really clearly in the mind stream, uh, you can't help but let go because the very nature of grasping is uh, ignorance. So you're watching the grasping, and it just starts to come apart. It's quite amazing. And, and it's interesting, you're not really concerned whether it comes, comes apart or not. There's no, the identity is, uh, the identity that used to want this and not want that is gone. Preferences are gone, other than be with all things. And there's no, there's no you get no credit for doing that. Like you're not, you're the greatest bodhisattva who ever lived or something. Get no credit. It will feel like failure. Go ahead, Mahesh. Mahesh Bowing. So, so this observing or just even if you say call it just sitting, it's the same thing, right? Just sitting, yeah. observation. There's not no specific like observing or watching, but it is just sitting, just sitting. Yeah. Okay. Just sitting. It's been that's that's the way it's been described. I tend to help people a little bit more. I say watch what watch what's moving. But just sitting is fine too. Sit down, hold still. Now I say, watch what moves, which will be the mind stream or down the hallway or, you know, birds flying around your, the window you're nearest to, your cat coming in the room and being irritated because you're, here you are again doing nothing. You're not petting me anymore. Or whatever may happen. More, Mahesh? Uh, Mahesh, no, I think that's good. Thank you. Yes, sir. Monica, yes, go ahead. I'm, I'm not clear about what, what you said previously about knowing being an, an obstacle. Is, 
when when sitting the observation well the sitting itself seems to be a form of knowing i'm i'm confused with with the knowing part so the difficulty with the knowing is not the knowing it's to be to be free from the known or freedom from knowing doesn't mean you don't know it just means you're not you're not attached to it. you're not fixated on what you know you're not using what you know to cover up the ultimate nature of reality which is looking you right in the face all the time the whole world is looking back at you it's sometimes called a mirror but if you're if you're attached to the knowing so it's it's being free from that still you still have knowledge i have all kinds of things i know about ask me something go ahead well you just did though didn't you <laughs> So you know, it, it's not it's it's not a it's not a, it's it's the fixation on things, the shutting down and closing off, and the the tight fist of of me 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 and my stuff. Whereas uh, knowing uh, if you have if that's an open fist, it's just open. You're just open. This kind of a mudra is a wonderful mudra. Just just receive everything that comes, and then what also comes if someone if something happens situationally where you need to know something. It just comes out of it comes out of nowhere. It's not like some container you're looking at in your memory of uh, that knowledge. You don't need to pick and choose anymore. It's dependently risen, and your and your heart naturally moves with whomever you meet. Sometimes called compassion. Thank you. So, bowing um, relative, it, it's a form of re uh, relative knowing coming in the moment, comes and goes. Doesn't doesn't have a ground to it, but it's still information in a sense. It is. And it's the grasping at it. It's not the coming and going. Knowledge can come and go. There's all kinds of flamingos coming and going over here. But I don't do anything with them. I don't really, oh, I need that reference point or I need this reference point. I also notice that if, if my knee-jerk reaction to something is one of trying to hang on to it or grasp, and, and I don't feel that. I also don't go to war with it. If I find that I need that a grasping shows up, I don't fight with that. I don't need to clarify my identity around anything. I don't care who I am. And I also don't know who I am. If you want to be blunt about it, I don't know. I, there's no solid identity there. I'm, I temporarily get my identity from students. If I have a student and uh, you ask me, questions that, as, that you feel like you need to know about. Um, I'm, I'm all about helping you in that way. And I encourage people just like I do with uh, Chazan or with Uno or other people that I'm really close to. Ask me. Ask me. What about whatever it is? Bowing, one more question. Certainly. So is there a knowing, I guess, or, or a sign for when we move from relative knowing to knowing with a reference point, is is that the suffering or or it, that that edge seems to be very slippery? Yes. So the 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 there will be the knowing will be without a knower. The thinking will be without a thinker. The feeling without be without a feeler. There's just feeling. There's just there's just this. That's why I sometimes say it's heartbreaking because it's it's so obvious if you look at it and don't leave it for what you think about it. You just receive whatever this is. This is what Shikantaza is when eventually the boundary between meditation and post-meditation just vanishes. Then it doesn't make any difference whether you're sitting or not. 
then everything is samadhi. And it is not a state of mind. If it's a state of mind, <laughs> that's not samadhi. That's, that's a state of mind, which may last, may not. So you don't, you don't have, you don't have any proof for anything. You don't need any, any proof. So the knowledge may come up and you have the knowledge, just like I'm rattling on here. I can talk about anything. More, Monica? Maybe one more. <laughs> Please, go ahead. It's still when, when, when there is a reference point, there, there's, there's knowing that there's a reference point. So, but it, so <laughs> it's paradoxical. Uh, it, it is. It's, and that's why it's so damn hard to do because the ego mind, the self-centered mind has to be seen through. If it's not, it's always ready to, it's always ready to sneak in the back door and crawl up to the edge of your zapu and say, I promise I won't get in. I just want to be included in your enlightenment. Please let me stay. I promise not to harm anything. I'm just your ego. <laughs> it, it, is there an instruction for when we see that, when we see that sneaking? Yeah, don't worry about it. Ego is unreal. You don't have to worry about it. Okay. You don't have to get rid of it. It just, you, But you'll notice that your ego sometimes kind of you know, crawls up the inside of your rib cage <laughs> trying to be you. And, and it can't because it's just, uh, it's vividly unreal in emptiness that there's still the form of the ego, which is unreal. You can do it. You can do it. It just takes a while. And you've been practicing for many, many years. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Is there another, is it time to do something else? Home bowing. Yes. Go ahead. Thomas from the UK says, how is it when, say, doing lots of mantra, mind gets quite, quite screen, etc., and easy not to react? Well, what's the question? I think the question is, what do we do when we are doing lots of mantra and the mind gets quite... What, what kind of mantra? It doesn't say which mantra. Okay, well, I, I'm not an expert. But I've done, uh, this might give me a little bit of a qualification. I've done millions of mantras. I'm not, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is I've done a lot of mantras. So therefore, and I would say, don't worry about it. If you want to do mantras, do mantras. And if you get kind of a white screen, so what? It's not awakening. Awakening is way past all that. And yet it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't need to go anywhere. We're always looking for results. And doing a lot of mantras will, of course, um, do things to your consciousness. I can give you a mantra and I can say, here, do a million of these. <laughs> or, or just do a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand is it's not very many, is it? You've done a hundred thousand mantras, haven't you? Yeah. Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? Nobody else? Well, I'm not forming a club. The other thing about that situational, if I may say, that for you doing mantras may be an important practice for you. It depends, it's dependently arisen, it depends on the way in which your confusion is structured. Some people really need some some people need that kind of thing to get a feeling of the spaciousness of the mind. And other people do not. And so I would say, let's see, 
You've done a lot of mantras, haven't you? Yeah, I'm pointing at Yogado path of what, Jade path, was it? Yeah. Haven't you done a few hundred thousand mantras? Yeah. Does that help you any? Showed me what mantras were. <laughs> yeah, now you know what a mantra is. And you can you can say it when people ask about mantras, and you can say, kind of like uh, I just said, well, I've done a lot of mantras. So I guess I'm, that qualifies me. In a way it does, but in another way it does not, because only you are going to know what those mantras are about. Well, only you. And we do some in here. And uh, if somebody wants to continue practicing that, I'll help them with it. But I would say the most important practice you can do, as far as what I've seen in the years that I've been doing this, is to hold still and watch the mind come and go, come and go, create things, drops away, creates, drops away, creates, drops away, falls over this way, climbs back up, resurrects itself. I gave a talk called Zombie Thoughts. Isn't there, is there a group? Yeah, it's in the, it's in 108 meditation. I think there's six talks in there. One of them is called zombie thoughts. We're just, we just, because the ego mind wants security. So we just keep resurrecting, you know, zombies to try to make us feel like what we're doing is okay or something. Is there another, uh, Yu Hong, did you have a question? I heard your voice in the background. Yes. Yu Hong Baoying. Thank you. Sorry. I have to tell you a little story about about what happened and then my story comes let me get my coffee i got my coffee okay go ahead (laughs) so i had a a great chance to talk to a woman our first time and when she was helping me adjust my body she mentioned that she's a buddhist and she does everything wonderful things do the mantra do the the dana and do the uh frustration and she mentioned that etc she does lots of wonderful things she has a good heart However, she mentioned that she does not meditate. And I asked her, I said, why? She mentioned that she believes her teacher. And her teacher says, not everybody, not every of her students can meditate. It has to be, uh, depends on the depth of the uh, students and also the time. And I was thinking at the moment, I was like, geez, that's so simple. I wish I could be like you. That's my projection because I have to face the wall. I want to do your work instead of just meditating. So my question comes that she seems that she just believes her teacher. She does everything uh, according to her teacher. You often say that don't believe you, but give the benefit of doubt. Yes. So when you say that, what do you mean? And also what's the, when you say facing the wall, what's the importance on this path facing the wall? Bye. So facing the wall creates a, a space, an artificial space where it's a, something you're doing that you might not do naturally, although sometimes people do that without even realizing it, where you sit down, hold still, and you watch, you get used to what the mind does when it isn't distracted by body movement or by interacting with others and, and, and pull us into some kind of uh, uh, thought patterns that just g- generate more and more confusion. Do you know the, the, the person's, uh, uh, the teacher's name? Is the mantra... Uh, I can ask her, bowing. Is the mantra Namyoho uh, Rengekyo? That's one of them. And she said in Mandarin too, bowing. Yeah, and that's fine. Some people need that and want to do that kind of teaching or that kind of practice. And I would even say to you, if you want to do that, go ahead. I mean, I, I don't recommend it. 
But I would trust you to, to do, if you feel like you need to go and do that kind of a practice, I would say, go do it for, probably going to have to do it for a while to know if it means anything to you, if it works for you to settle your mind or work with your own frustration or your own difficulty. <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's not what I teach. And that doesn't make it bad or wrong. I, I teach what I, what I'm, out of what I'm looking at, not out of what I know. And so, therefore, when I look at you and I hear you talk like that, I, I don't know. Maybe, perhaps that is the direction you need to go. I'm not sending you away. Uh, you, I've been your functioning as your teacher for a couple of years, a few years, and I would say um, um, I think we need to sit still and watch what moves. Uh, so that's I'm very opinionated in that area, having done that for a long time. But I'm not taking away what she's talking about or if she's feeling sometimes people get very excited if they're especially if they feel they can convert somebody to something people get off on getting you to do what they're doing uh, quite often it's the theistic approaches that do that where there's some kind of a deity involved i'm not against it i'm just saying it's it's just that it's belief in something and the belief will keep you going the rest of your life until you die and after you die i'm not sure how much that's going to help you Consciousness doesn't go anywhere. The body dies. Consciousness can't die. Don't believe anything I'm saying. Go talk to your hunks friend. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm giving it back to you. I'm saying it's your, it's up to you to do this. I, this is not a cult. I don't need to, I don't need followers. But I do need help building that Buddha hall. <laughs> so, so that I can work with the people that are shooting people in the streets. It's not that bad of a neighborhood. It's not like that all the time, is it? Yeah. Are you afraid to live here? Oh, good. Sensu is not afraid to live here. Thank you. I think, you know, I'm just sort of complaining the, the hardship um, facing the wall. I know, it's a pain in the On head. this path. It is, it's terrible. I agree with you. Uh, you know, the, but, but the Buddha said, this is Buddhism now. Buddha was leveled with us. It's just amazing. 2,500 years ago, he said, and I'm going to translate it out of the Pali, life sucks. That's what he said. Life sucks. And the reason it sucks is we want something else. We cannot receive uh, our birthright, which is right in front of us. You're, you're born you're, as an organism with consciousness into this area and you're not even fundamentally you're not a human being you're just consciousness only you just happen to show up as a human being you could you could show up as a raccoon might be a lot easier i mean it'll stay out of traffic though <laughs> and I'm, I'm being a little bit silly but i'm saying consciousness we, we don't know what's going to happen but you but you can get a better understanding of what that's about if you get to know yourself make friends with yourself how do you do that you, you Sit still and watch the negativity come and go, come and go without preparing, without justifying, without explaining, without, 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 without. Minimal. Radical. Collect connects with you some way, then I'll help you. We'll keep going. If not, then uh, <laughs> go somewhere else. But actually, the way you hung the way you're talking about it, this is how it feels to do this. And you may appreciate the uh, the person that, that was uh, working with you there, and you know, maybe you should try some of that out. I don't know. If you say, should I? I would say, no, don't. Just, just 
sit. Let's, let's give it another 10 years of chicken taza first. Good idea. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. So, Alyssa, what's your doggy's name? Alyssa Bowings is Ollie. Ollie, oh, I think you told me that before. Yeah, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. <laughs> did he hear me? I think he did, yeah. Okay, are we going to go elsewhere now? We're going to return to sitting until evening service at 7.40. Okay, please uh, continue to sit with us uh, if you can, if you have the time. And uh, so we're all going back to our cushions. Is that right? Do I have to do anything particular or ring a bell? I don't? Do you have to ring a bell? I don't know. <laughs> you do? Well, I'll ring this one first because I think sometimes I ring this one. But since all these forms have changed, I'm just you know, really dependent on everybody for instructions. Okay, return, return to your cushions and to your... Hi, my name is Kozan, and I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I practice with the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your donations to support our programming of practice, study, and teachings, and to fund scholarships that help our full-time practice residents with tuition and living expenses. Thank you for helping our sangha.